0: okay top tribe every monday i give one of you 100 bucks to invest in an idea and to get to the top to enter subscribe to the podcast on itunes now and then text the word nathan to 33444 to prove that you subscribed last week's winner was dr paul vasquez with my ads nation and he currently is working a full-time job and is dying to get out Good morning, everybody. You are listening to episode 272 of The Top, and coming up tomorrow morning, you're going to hear from Ben Williamson. He launched an app that is redefining how on-demand apparel commerce works, with over 3 million downloads and over 3 million sales already. Okay, Top Drive. good morning, everybody. You're going to enjoy our guest today. His name is Troy Salton. He's the founder and CEO of a resource, Recruiting Automation, uh, ex-director of recruiting at Grooveshark, along with ex-Google. He's a Florida boy and a startup geek. Troy, are you ready to take us to the top? Born ready. Let's do this. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. I'll, it's like you guys, everyone from Florida is so cool. You're, you're born ready for everything, right? <laughs> All right. So tell me real quick, um, how old are you today? And uh, and did you do Google right after college?
1: I am 27 and I didn't. I went the startup route, uh, founded my own company directly out of college and then would join another startup, GrooveShark.com, and then would join Google after that.
0: Okay, so uh, when you joined GrooveShark, was that early stages or later stages?
1: It was early stages. We were about 40 employees, and I was the, the first person to head up recruiting.
0: Okay, so did you, you uh, I imagine you were early enough there to get equity, right? Yes. Awesome. That's good. They had a good exit, didn't they? Uh, they didn't. They actually
1: imploded because we got sued for $17 billion. I was about to say, why is, why is it
0: ringing a bell? It was either something really good or really bad. So you got your asses sued. Got it. Yep. By $17 billion, Who sued? Um,
1: the four major record
0: labels. Yeah, that's basically them going, we just need to figure out a way to shut them down, let's sue them for 17 billion. Exactly. It's like a 300 year life sentence, right? Same thing.
1: <laughs> Precisely, <laughs> good learning lessons in the failures too,
0: the hard shots. Yeah. Okay, good, so Groove Shark failed miserably, you then go to Google, um, what year was that?
1: Oh, That was 2000, end of 2013. Okay,
0: 2013, you go to Google,
1: what are you doing at Google? Um, I was working on hiring experimentation, so I was looking at a lot of the hiring processes of the online channel in and around the technical um, hiring. So it's all the engine product hires and then working on learning and development um, for the recruiting organization.
0: Okay. Got it. And so walk me through the thinking when you decided that Google, that you were going to break out and do your own startup.
1: Yep. So I, I will step back a little bit with my, which might provide some color. Sure. So I did a startup my senior year of college and we worked on that for about a year. Um, and we bootstrapped that company. We grew about 10 people uh, and we kind of made every mistake in the book. And a year in I was at a crossroads. Um, My first two advisors were the co-founders of Grooveshark, actually, and um, I kind of consulted with them as to whether or not uh, you know they can help me decide whether I'd be farther along in, let's say, ten or twenty years down the road um, of my entrepreneurial journey of building companies if I had kind of kept going this route of of learning, failing, learning, failing on my own, or sacrificing a couple years as I kind of looked at it, joining a startup that was working and growing, learning that really looked like intimately from the inside and then leaving. Um, and doing my own thing, would I kind of accelerate faster past those you know, those latter years, past where I would have been otherwise, if I, if I sacrificed those first few. And so, long story short, I decided to do that. Um, would join GrooveShark. I think it was one of the best deci- single best decisions I've made in my career uh, thus far. Um, got to see a company grow up to 150 employees very quickly. Um, got into roles that were way above my head. Um, and then went to Google to kind of finish that journey to see what an actual large company with real process and real kind of structure looked like.
0: And so when did you realize that you weren't going to stay at Google? You know, when did you decide to leave and start your own thing? Sure.
1: Um, I, I decided that before I joined. Um, don't tell anybody, though.
0: That's okay. So yeah. you're basically just going there to maybe confirm some ideas you had about the business. Yeah, the startup. I had
1: a couple objectives. I wanted to kind of see how a big company worked. How did leadership look? Um, what did structure look like? You know, At GrooveShark, we had two offices on, on one coast, uh, and that was a huge challenge, and I was just couldn't fathom how a company can operate in multiple countries, right? I just wanted to see it, the, the utmost evolution of, of a startup. Anything surprise you? I think a lot of things surprise me. I kind of realized that the org chart is very deep and and a lot of delegation is happening and it's not so much, you know, Larry and Sergey leading the company as much as it is your kind of org director and managers, et cetera. And then another interesting one would be like the quality of your experience at a bigger company is, is, Heavily correlated with the quality of your manager, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is you know one of several kind of takeaways.
0: Got it. So, you you leave Google, you launch GetResource.io, is that right? Correct. So, what does GetResource.io do, and how do you make money? Yep. So, so
1: resource automates uh, a slice of the recruiting process for growing companies. So if companies are growing very fast, um, we kind of come in and augment um, either in-house recruiting teams or um, the, abil- the need to hire them uh, in the first place by automating the outbound sourcing process, um, which is kind of the equivalent of the, the prospecting piece of recruiting.
0: Mm-hmm. And give us a sense of size of the business. How many employees is it self-funded? Yep. So we're, we're
1: actually going through an accelerator now called 500 startups. We are, uh, so the only outside capital we've taken on is about a hundred and 125 K from the accelerator.
0: They're doing um, still 125 K right. And 7% equity. It's 5% equity, 125 K. Got it. And do they put, what's, I think they have a predetermined cap of what? 2 million on the note. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, cool. And how many team members? Um so there's three of us we're quite small we're only about eight months old okay and are they, so you're all co-founders yes so here's a question for you uh, people listening again we have millions of people listening to the show it's doing really well they always I always get questions about Nathan how do I have the tough conversations about equity with my co-founders how do you guys decide who gets what
1: yeah that's an interesting question I think we more or less try to kind of keep things equal however we all came on at different parts I Technically, kind of started on this path on my own. I would later recruit my older sister, and then later recruit a friend of ours um, when we, we needed to kind of focus more on the technical piece. And so, um, we, we wanted to make it as, as equal as possible. So, I would say the simple answer to that question is: um, if everybody's uh, theoretically going to provide equal value, try to stay as equal as possible,
0: and it will avoid a lot of problems down the road. I so hate that answer, but I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, Troy. It never is equal. I think it's just like sometimes I hear like two co-founders, they say, oh, we just split it 50-50. And the first thing I hear is, oh, they're not tough enough to have the the hard conversations about who's actually gonna put in more energy. So they just do the lazy oh, right. thing and split it 50-50 and put them on a cliff in a vesting schedule.
1: It's interesting. So I, I look at it very long term and I was like, I would not wanna be co-founding a company with somebody who I didn't think at some point would be like, picking up where I'm lagging, right? Like, so at the beginning of the company, it's it's heavily sales-based, um, or maybe a better example is the beginning of the company is very product-based, so this, like, technical co-founder is going to be providing the most value, and then once the product's there, like, the non-tech side is going to need to sell, and so it's going to be heavily sales-based to drive revenue, and so I think, like, if you look at it over a four-year period, where do we hope to all provide value? It should be more or less equal. Otherwise, I think that maybe there's a red flag in the co-founder so
0: team. So plus or minus 5%, is it basically 33-33? Um, yes. Got it. Okay, cool. Let's get into revenue. How do you make money? Um,
1: so we charge flat rate monthly. We're kind of going against the
0: contingent placement fee model of
1: traditional recruiting. Um, we charge, um, between, uh, 5,000 and let's say 8,500 a month, um, for our service. Um, and, uh, it's kind of a month to month model Plug in when you need it, kind of plug out when you don't.
0: And obviously you're still, it's still super young. So I'm not expecting these numbers to be like massive or huge, or maybe you'll surprise me and they are, but so far you said you're eight months old. How much total revenue have you guys done?
1: So we're not disclosing the exact numbers, but we're in doing tens of thousands in revenue per month, um, operating with several customers. I'm still kind of learning our market. So, so right now we're not so much focused on revenue for revenue's sake, but more so, um, customers so we can learn um, what we can do to, to be better for them,
0: right? Make it a little okay. more sticky. So maybe a better question is how many customers are you currently working with?
1: Yep. In the, in the low, uh, low double digits.
0: <laughs> you were like low, high, you weren't sure whether to say lower. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say like probably 11 or 10. Sure. All yeah. right. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. So 10 customers. And it sounds like from what you just mentioned in terms of what you're charging, you said that's five to 8,000 uh, per month, right? Correct. Okay. Not annual but monthly. Correct, monthly. Okay, so you're, you're really in the enterprise space then?
1: We actually, yeah, we sell to like early to mid-stage technology companies, but we're kind of selling against the idea of hiring for that specific role in-house. And so we, we're kind of selling against the idea of hiring a human, which is why the price point is so much. And, and our, our solution is part human, part software.
0: Okay, got it. So I'm just doing math here. Uh, well, actually, let me ask first, do you, sure. do you have insights or guesses yet into uh, what you're willing to spend to acquire a new customer? Yeah,
1: that's an interesting question. So we've experimented with a lot of different sales processes, um, and we've actually found that that the vast majority of our success just comes through people we know and kind of social credibility. And then the, the kind of Silicon Valley is a small place, um, and so kind of doing cold sales, um, is, is, is challenging. And so for us, it's just a matter of time. So it's, it's, there's only three of us, we don't have like formal salespeople or sales team. And so, you know, it takes me between let's say one day and in two or three weeks to go from start to close of a deal.
0: So if I look at your P and L from February of 2016, your profit and loss statement, there won't be anything under marketing. Correct. Got it. It's re- it's just human. It's just your salaries and your time. Exactly. Okay. Got it. Um, what about churn? I mean, obviously you're still young. Uh, have you lost any customers that, that started?
1: Yeah. That's an interesting question. So so churn is a word that we, we were using in our vocabulary early and, and left it because we're not really a SaaS company. So we come in and the better of a job we do for companies to help them hire, the quicker we work ourselves out of a job. And so um, we're seeing now that when we're hiring in people for an early stage, which hires kind of in cycles we're seeing our first wave of customers come back when they pick up hiring again. And so we haven't kind of had a lengthy enough time horizon to really understand what true churn looks like for us.
0: Got it. So do you have pretty lumpy monthly recurring revenue then based off when people are hiring and when they're not?
1: Yes. So, so for the most part, our customers, a lot of our customers are month to month contracts. Um, and then we have a handful of them are on three to six month
0: contracts so well, my, month, my point, month point month is that they're not months. usually renewing like like in other words they'll raise a bunch of capital then they need to hire 20 people in two months they bring you in for six months and then they can't then they stop for a year until they raise capital again or something like that
1: yes uh, more so at the earlier stage like the the 20. 20- plus million dollar raises, tend to, to, to bring us on longer, we think. Um, and then the seed stage companies, let's say five employees, they need to make three to five hires quickly, and then they go heads down for their A.
0: So what do you tell, you've talked to obviously smart people at 500 Startups, when they say, Troy, I don't think this can be big, because if you do a better job, you're, you're they're gonna then cancel. How do but, you answer that?
1: So I think uh, if we do you know a good enough job, that people come back whenever they're hiring, I think there's enough liquidity in the marketplace, the people are kind of always hiring, and that's the easy cop-out answer. The more challenging one is um, this business is more so a, a, an experiment. Like my whole entire life is, is how can I hack my way to the next checkpoint? And I think to a large extent, the, the solution we have today is is a hack to learn how to get something bigger. And what we're testing is this idea of a kind of liquid on-demand marketplace for talent that we're, we've hired and we've vetted and gets distributed uh, and you manage through our software. And so if we can name all that for this specific piece of recruiting, um, we, we think we can verticalize into other types of talent.
0: Okay, got it. And, uh, and remind me real quick, you said you've only raised just the, the 500 startups capital, three team members. I'm just doing math here because you told me low double digits for customers, so somewhere around 10 and a minimum average revenue per user per month of about, of about five grand. So is it fair to say on a good month or an average month, you're doing about 50 grand in revenue?
1: Fair, yes. Okay,
0: and are you guys keeping most of that or what do margins look like?
1: Yes, So margins look look good. We're, we're um, in the green. So we're operating profitably, but we're That's also good. being a little conservative as we do some R&D and figure out where we want to put our cash yep. moving forward. And I think, you know, our premise in our mindset is um, we don't want to, you know, we want to figure out how to start the fire under our own means, which is like a learning also from, from, from my kind of youth, which is, You know, we should not take the mindset of of being a business that's reliant on venture venture capital until we truly need gasoline for the fire. So figure out how to start the fire using our own cash once the fire started and we just need to grow it and we need to replicate the model, build out sales, whatever it is. Um, That's when we go raise cash to buy
0: gas. Yep. Well, hey, last question before we get to my favorite part of the show, Troy, if people want to connect with you personally online and really follow this journey, where can they connect with you?
1: Yeah, so Twitter is probably a great one, as is Medium, both the same handle. It's at DestroySultan. I'm actually blogging about our experience through 500 to try to open the veil and and show uh, others what it's actually like on a
0: a week-to-week basis. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win 100 bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes, and then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703 431 2709 subscribe now and text me to enter 703-431-2709 Sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. That's awesome. And top TopTribe will link to that in the show notes at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top 272. Again, forward slash the top 272. Troy, real quick, we're about to get to my favorite part of the show, which is the wrap-up, but it has a special name, which I love. Do you know what time it is?
1: This is I'm going to be offended if you don't
0: know this. 5 5 questions. <laughs> That's good. You're close Let's enough. It's it. time it. for the famous 5. All right, <laughs> N- number 1 man, what's your favorite business book?
1: My favorite business book right now, I have about 20 tied for first place, place—is got to be The War of Art. Not to be confused with The Art of War at Stephen Pressfield.
0: That's some author who thought they were really clever and they're going to say, I'm going to take a bestseller and reverse the words. It's the,
1: war, uh, it's the war that artists have to go through every day. It's actually
0: <laughs> quite relevant. I love it. Okay, number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now?
1: Yes. Um, we are really interested in the, in the journey of Gary who's actually the ex-CEO of Odesk and he's now a GP at Polaris Partners. Very interesting background and very kind of under the radar dude.
0: Interesting. Okay, number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like FreshBooks?
1: Yes. I'm going to shout out Mixmax, which is like an incredibly powerful productivity tool for email that if, if it doesn't load when I when I load my Gmail, I, I just can't email people.
0: <laughs> I love it. Okay. Yep. Number four, Troy, as you're building, again, you said you're 27 years old, three co-founders going through an accelerator. Yes or no? Are you getting eight hours of sleep every night?
1: I am not. Uh, we're going through an accelerator. You, you mentioned it. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so what are like five, four?
1: Uh, you know, on average between five to six and a half, okay. seven on a good day.
0: Fair enough. Good. And what's your current situation? Married, single? Do you have kids? I am single. Awesome. Okay. So last question, Troy, take us back seven years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew?
1: I think, uh, to, to, to s- slow down to speed up, um, it, it is one, um, and the other one is to really figure out early, not what do you want to do necessarily, but rather to ask the question, what am I really, really good at? What are my natural strengths? What if I practice, can I be world-class at? And then follow those. Those are pretty good guiding, uh, guiding
0: points. I love that, Top Tribe. There you have it, Slow Down to Speed Up from Troy, who went into Google to understand how it worked, knowing he's gonna go out and start his own business. He's now doing somewhere around 50 grand per month in the recruiting space, where basically he's re- re- replacing himself being super, super conservative with cash and ideally building up and into the next big thing with his three co-founders. Troy, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. If you guys enjoyed Troy today, go back and listen to Xander from yesterday. Xander is killing that annoying, we missed you sticky note that the UPS always puts on your door when they try and deliver a package and he's already raised $3 million. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google right when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator.